Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, Bella Vista. I'm not quite sure. I, I sort of said that as though there was a connection to drugs and alcohol, but I don't think there really is, although maybe whoever signed off on it was under the influence. Uh, fat Australian kids and how to get smells out of your car. Let's start with drugs first. Uh, we, uh, I think was, we, we're all keen to legalise the medicinal ones, uh, not so keen on the illegal ones. I'll put my two cents in about the marijuana um, issue. I have boys and my second one has um, decided to start using that and um, he's 17 and you can't legally buy cigarettes at that age and so why should you be getting marijuana well no obviously I, I don't know how he's doing that but um, have you asked I'm him? against poor young children for young people because of the brain development and all mm. the other um, so, um, psychological effects it does have. So what have you told your son, Liz? Um, well, his father told him to leave. Okay. That's one way of doing it, isn't it? How, and, how, do, you feel um, as, how do you feel as a mum? Oh. oh. Upset. Mm. But the other... The, the thing is that his older brother did the same thing and he got chucked out. Mm. And, has, and he, has he come he said, right? Oh, has the t- thing you did for me because, you know, oh, I good. needed a wake-up call. Good, so the tough love approach has worked for you and your family so far? Well, it did on the last one, yeah. Well, but it's, tough love, is, is, it is bloody tough. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, okay, all right. Rough start to the podcast, for full on. Um, and apparently also uh, our alcohol issues are way worse than anywhere else in the world as well. So what are you seeing in this study? Alcohol-related injuries uh, presenting to hospital? That's right. Well, what, what, we've, what the studies was looking at, it's part of an international study. We had 28 countries involved, and it looked at about over 14,000 injured patients who presented to emergency departments, and they were all asked whether or not they'd had consumed alcohol in the six hours preceding. So we gathered that data and then we looked at that data in relation to the alcohol policy for that country and looked at where that, where that, how that relationship looked. And not surprisingly, those countries that have more effective alcohol policy had um, a lower proportion of people presenting to the emergency department who had consumed alcohol prior to their injuries. Right, so we're number two, aren't we? Which is the worst country that was reviewed, by the way? Well, we were, were second in that we had the highest um, proportion of people who had um, consumed alcohol in the preceding six hours. Um, Sweden had one of the lowest rates, um, and not surprisingly, Sweden have very strong alcohol policy. Um, so it's uh, the really useful thing about this study is it shows the effectiveness of having robust alcohol policies. Um, and the positive impact that has on reducing the number of, of people who present to emergency departments with, with an injury who have consumed alcohol. And from what we, what we know about the burden of alcohol, it's likely that in Sweden they have other lower levels of alcohol-related harms as well because of that effective alcohol policy. Do you ever get sick of being compared to Sweden and coming up short? It's it's bad enough that they're all they look like the way they do. 
you know, you stand next to a Swedish person and you just you're you're already feeling inadequate, and then you find out about their social policies and how much better at all that stuff that they are, they are. and you and there's blooming safe cars and bloody Sweden. Uh, we can't all be Sweden, uh, but we can do better than Bella Vista, I think. Homeowners are understandably feeling isolated and unsupported. How are they supposed to get on with their lives when they're still in limbo? It's a disappointing reality that when these things are front and centre in the media, there's usually action and attention, and yet as soon as the spotlight's off, so's the action. The onus, therefore is surely on their local representatives to keep up the hustle. The Mayor of Tauranga needs to be transparent and upfront on this. The councillors need to act in good faith and show some goodwill. Communication here, of course, is also key because what happens in an abyss of communication is rumour and innuendo. That in turn creates more upset and angst. The rumour mill, of course, has been in overdrive. Rumours that the council was considering offering to buy out their build contracts rather than selling at a market price, as if the homes had no defects. That kind of thing just leads to more uncertainty and anxiety, which is why the council and the mayor need to be up front. The mayor said, in what must be the understatement of the year, that he thought the residents might be hoping for some more communication and a quicker resolution. So if you know that, why isn't it happening? And speaking of clear communication, closed-door meetings like yesterday's probably don't help. When you're dicking people around, being transparent and open about what it is you're actually doing or saying is the very least you can do. The only um, real positive thing to come out of this Bella Vista situation so far is that it's not happening in Auckland uh, because I'm sure people are sick to death of hearing about housing issues in Auckland. Uh, but yeah, that's not that's really not much comfort for the people who are affected by it, obviously. Uh, so I sort of regret saying that now. Uh, so let's move on to making fun of Australians. That's one of my favourite things to do, especially fat Aussie kids. The idea in Australia is that children's height and weight will be measured every two years uh, from primary school on, unless parents opt out, so that they know exactly where the fatties are and where the skinnies are. What do you reckon, Guy? Oh, I reckon it's nonsense. I mean, I'm six foot two. And I don't know. And um, people would look at me, and, and, and if they had to guess my weight, they would guess somewhere between 70 and 80 kilos. And I actually weigh 100 kilos because muscle is three times heavier than fat. People don't understand that. So your height's not relative to your to your weight. It, it depends how fit you are too. So you reckon they shouldn't do it in Australia? We shouldn't do it here. Well, yeah, it shouldn't. It's not, it's not actually relative. I, I stuck my my uh, height and weight to the BMI thing, and it said I was obese. And yet there's not an ounce of fat on me. So it doesn't really work. That is true, but if they took your height and your weight and put it in and said, and by the way, it's all muscle and bone, this guy's okay, then what's the problem? Well, that's if they do that, but they're just doing it on the height and weight. So do you have any con- uh, concerns about privacy or the state collating, you know, uh, everybody's, uh, everybody's personal details, I think? Yeah, I, I do, actually. I um Personally, when they talk about putting a, I mean, I can eat, I eat two pies a day normally in a sausage roll. Always have done, but I've, I've got a, a, a good attitude towards it. I don't, I don't beat myself up about it. I don't put weight on. Um, so why should I, if I choose to go and have a, a fizzy drink or whatever, have to go and pay extra for a pie that doesn't affect me? 
Yeah, I know, Kai. Look, I've got the opposite problem. I, uh, I am officially underweight uh, by a very large degree as well. I'm very tall, I'm very skinny and all that sort of thing. I can eat whatever I like. I don't put any fat on. People hate me. And uh, apparently my morphology means that, you know, I have very healthy insides. Uh, but if you actually look at my height and weight, I'm unwell. But I wouldn't have a problem with them actually taking that. I could, I'm big enough to actually handle that. Well, he's not big enough. Uh, that's, the, that's the point. Uh, when Andrew is sideways, uh, quite often people think that he's not here at all. So, amazing he's got such a big voice, given that he's... I mean, I, I've met very few people who are as pole-like as as Andrew, to be fair. Uh, he seems to be doing okay. Uh, we're just going to finish up with a bit of car smell trouble for Marcus. I have spilt a litre, perhaps more, of 95-octane fuel in the back of my car. Was no one's fault, really. Oh, yes, I tried to blame. But it stinks. But I wouldn't put the kids in the car because it makes you feel quite heady. And it's gone in the boot of an HSV. What's it called? DVS, HUV, SUV. It's gone in the back of the SUV, so I've taken the bit that goes over the tyre well and I've taken that out and dried it and sponged it. Well, I didn't. But it still smells, smells really fuely. Now, some of you will have experienced this before. Maybe even some of Darcy's people. So what would be the MO? What would be the modus operandi? Yeah, I really wish I had... Um, I've been listening and not been asleep while that discussion was going on because uh, we got a smell in domestic manager's car. Uh, There's a long, complicated drama with a cat uh, on death's door, rushed to the vet. Uh, Then there was poos and wheeze on the way home. Mostly from the cat, I think. And that's resulted in smells which have been stubborn, to say the least. Uh, I am so yeah. If you have any advice, reach out to me, please. Uh, you can email the bean at newstalkzb.co.nz. T H E B E E N. I am Glenn ZB. That has been Newstalk ZB uh, for Thursday. I'll see you back here again tomorrow, hopefully uh, with a solution to sticky cars.